I don't have the overthinking problem. You do. At some level, we all have an issue with broken soundtracks in our head, the repeated messages running around and rattling around day to day. Those soundtracks sabotage us from getting the results we want. In this week's episode, we're talking about John Acuff's book, Soundtracks, and how we can replace the broken money soundtracks we have with better ones. Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about the book Soundtracks by John Acuff. If you have not rated and reviewed the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could do that before we get started here today. This book is John Acuff's latest release. I have read many, if not all of his books, and I just got to say I enjoy his writing style, the way he approaches it. It's really light, easy to digest. He has a great audiobook. So, if you've never listened to an audiobook by John Acuff, I would encourage you to listen to one because they are golden, golden, golden. So, today, his latest book, Soundtracks, is a book about overthinking. So, the question is what is overthinking and how does it relate to soundtracks? So overthinking is when we think about something repeatedly in our head and we continue to think about it even when we shouldn't and it occupies our time and occupies our mind even when we want it to no longer be there. This also goes into decision making. We can be an overthinker when it comes to decisions and not be willing to move on from the decision-making process. And there's a lot of good models out there for helping with that. One of the things I like to do is I like to say that I get 70 to 80% confident, and then I just go with the decision. How do you determine what 70 or 80% is? That's something for you overthinkers to figure out, right? But That's just in my mind helped me because I know that I don't have to get 100% of the way there to pull the trigger on a decision. John Acuff says, overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you want. You could rephrase this as overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you should be doing. So he calls these overthinking moments, he calls them soundtracks. And these soundtracks are the repeated messages in your brain uh, that are just going on over and over again and are there longer than you would want them to be. In the book, John Acuff quotes David Goggin. He says, the most important conversations you'll ever have are the ones you'll have with yourself. You wake up with them, you walk around with them, you go to bed with them, and eventually you learn to act on them, whether they be good or bad. And I think this is a great summation of the life that we 
all live. We have these messages in our head that repeat themselves day after day. And if we're not filling our mind with good things, the negative things can very quickly take over. So in this book, John Acuff talks about soundtracks and how to get rid of them, how to replace them. It's a very practical book, very interesting applications, things that I had never thought of before. So I want to talk about that and how it relates to your finances and how we, so many of us have broken financial soundtracks in our lives. And I want to talk about how we can improve those. John Acuff points out in the book that your brain builds on the negative by lying about your memories, confusing fake trauma with real trauma, and believing what it already believes or otherwise said, confirmation bias. So let's talk about each of these three real quick before we jump into the strategies that he wants to want you to apply. The first one is lying about your memories. Studies show that 60% of memories change over time, and we believe the change over that original memory. This is seen time and time again by cops and by people that are at uh, scenes of the accident, especially when trauma is there, can be very easy to misremember. And I think We look at our memory as this snapshot of what actually happened, but all of the inputs and things coming to us can manipulate that memory without us even realizing it. One of the interesting things that was said is that even when we write down our memory immediately upon it happening, we will doubt that original memory and choose the most recent memory over the original even when that original is in our own handwriting. So we are not even convinced by our own handwriting over our memory, which has taken in more things since the event that have potentially colored the event. I think that's just a crazy, crazy uh, takeaway that I would have never thought, uh, would have never believed if I hadn't seen it and read it. And I've seen it a few different places now. Uh, the the book that talks about seven less seven and a half lessons about the brain that I've done an episode on uh, we talk about that in that podcast episode as well. The second thing that he talks about building on negativity is confusing fake trauma with real trauma, and this just goes to how we we build things up in our head and we build stories that create traumatic experiences when we've not really had them. And this isn't to discount people that have had truly traumatic experiences. But we all know those people that over-dramatize the things that happen in their lives. And in turn, over lengths of time, you can create real trauma out of fake trauma. And so those things can hurt your thought process and be self-defeating all along the way. The third thing that your brain builds on Uh, the negative with is by believing what it already believes, or as we've talked about in in a number of places, confirmation bias. And this is just taking what you already know and seeking out information that is going to confirm that belief. And so we think we have a negative thought or negative mindset that we're a failure, that we can't complete something. And then 
things that happen throughout our day, we just add that to the pile and say, see, you aren't good enough. You can't do this. You can't do this. You're not capable. And we let it beat us down and we really miss the mark. And so each of those things create negative loops in our mind, which John Acuff calls soundtracks. He says in the book, if you can worry, you can wonder. If you can doubt, you can dominate. If you can spin, you can soar. That's such a John Acuffism, but let's repeat it again. If you can worry, you can wonder. If you can doubt, you can dominate. If you can spin, you can soar. So we want to turn those thought patterns upside down in our head. If your brain says that you can't be, can't do it or can't be taught it, we can also think the opposite. I don't want to get all woo-woo here of, of our thoughts will then change our actions, but the reality is, is the soundtracks that, that are running either increase or decrease our confidence in ourself. And our confidence directly impacts our ability to execute on things that we want to execute on. So three actions that John uses that we can use to change our thoughts uh, is we can retire broken soundtracks, replace them with new ones, repeat them until they're automatic, just like the old ones were. So we want to retire those. We want to fight against those. We want to then replace them because if we don't replace them, We're going to continue on with more negative soundtracks. And then we want to repeat the ones we're replacing with, remind ourselves of those until they're automatic. And this is in a lot of ways the same thing that you do uh, with memory verses if you're a Christian, right? We have a tradition of trying to memorize verses and the verses that you'll go to memorize will typically be things that you're struggling with. So if you're struggling with some sort of temptation, you'll go to verses about temptation. Um, If you're struggling with doubt, you'll go to verses about doubt. And you will replace, you will add that verse to attempt to replace that broken soundtrack that you have about that belief or about the struggle that you have going on. And then you repeat that verse over and over again till it's, implanted or or put into your head to where you can repeat it and to where when those negative thoughts come, it comes back up to the top of the surface. And that's the same thing that you do that a lot of people do with affirmations. If you repeat those things over and over again, they will eventually become things that you are believing. They will become things that come to top of mind as you start to have those doubts and the things that counter those affirmations. And so those are super powerful in the same way that memorizing a Bible verse is. So the first takeaway or strategy that John Acuff has that I really, really liked is he has three questions that we can ask anytime we notice that we have a soundtrack or repeated thought running in our head. The first question is, is it true? The second question is, is it helpful? The third question is, is it kind? If you have a soundtrack running in your head and you can't answer yes to all three of those things, 
then it's a harmful soundtrack. If you know, if you ask the question, is it true? And you know, without a shadow of the doubt, it is not true. That's a painful and that's a negative, a bad soundtrack. If it's not helpful, if you can't answer yes to whether it's helpful or not, it is a bad soundtrack that should be discarded. And then the last one is, is it kind? And in so many ways, we can be so hard on ourselves, not kind to ourselves, where we would forgive other people for things we won't forgive or let go of those things ourselves. Those three questions are great for identifying or helping us understand if a soundtrack is good or if it's bad. We aren't going to have a financial application on that. We're going to do that here on these next two. And we're going to really focus in on what the financial things that we can learn from helping replace soundtracks in our mind. So takeaway number two is we, we can borrow soundtracks from others. When you borrow soundtracks from others, it forces you to look outside of yourself and look for people who can help you solve that negative mindset, that negative repeating message. It helps you learn from those people around you. Learning from people around you also helps create a community of people that are building each other up in a community of people who are going to speak positive things into you. And so many times it's easy to get surrounded by people that are negative and those negative people rub off on you and then you end up uh, having a negative mindset yourself. But if you're around more positive people, you're going to in turn have a more positive mindset. So let's talk about how this applies to your money. When we talk about it from a budgeting perspective, we want to Find people who are budgeting well, find people who are managing their money well, and we want to sit down with those people and ask for their help. We can hear them talk about how they're able to save what they're able to save. We can hear their mindsets when it comes to spending. So often people have negative mindsets on spending and they think that they are never going to be able to save money. They think that they can't reduce their expenses. But there's so many simple things that you can do to reduce those expenses. So let me try and insert or help you find some soundtracks that you can use to replace the negative spending soundtracks that you have. When it comes to your house, there's more than 25% of your overall income. You need to be looking for another place thinking you have to have a certain level of living is a lie that is from the pit of your stomach. It's your desire to keep up with the people around you. It's your desire to look like you're successful. We need to swallow that pride because we don't want to look successful. We don't want to look rich. We want to be successful. We want to be wealthy. There's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. Rich are those external things that we see that make people look like they're successful. They're the trappings, they're the car, they're the house, they're the nice clothes, they're the jewelry. But being wealthy is being in a spot where you're not reliant on your income because 
you've saved and invested in a way that takes that pressure off. Rich is a short-term state. Wealthy is a long-term state. And we want to lean towards being wealthy. So when it comes to houses and it comes to cars and it comes to those things that make you look a certain way, we need to know that those are all temporary. Those are not permanent. And in many ways, if you're seeking those things out, they're things that are going to add to a debt load. They're things that are going to burden you for years and years to come. But when you get to the end, they're going to have less value than they had when you started. And so I would encourage you to look inside, look at yourself and see what is driving me wanting these things. And I would guess that it's probably the desire to impress other people. It's the desire to keep up with the people around you. And it's caring about what the outside people think. When it comes to food, food is another big piece of your budget. And so often, and I know we're extremely guilty of this, we think we can't save any money on food, but in reality, we're eating out way too much. And a lot of the reasons we eat out way too much is we, we have a laziness factor that goes on. We don't have confidence in our ability to cook or prepare. But when it comes down to it, those are all excuses. Leaving your house or, or going to pick up food typically takes more time than it would if you're going to fix food at home. That's a laziness factor. You're actually costing yourself time. So if you think you don't have time or you don't have the preparation, you can prepare simple stuff. In today's day and age with social media and Pinterest and all these sites, you can find the most simple recipes out there and do very well. You can cook the same things over and over again. You can uh, leave your, you can have sandwich stuff and things at your house that are very easy things to put together. So anytime that you think that you can't save money on food, you need to look at what's your allocation of eating out versus eating in. When it comes to your entertainment, say TV, say other things, you typically don't need as much as you think. You need to look for alternative ways to entertain yourself. I know right now we have a number of subscriptions and if if you don't have a money crunch going on, if you're not looking for ways to find more money, it's fine. I don't want to take the joy out of what you enjoy. But when we say we don't have the time, we're typically spending way too much time in front of a TV um, partaking in all of those things or playing games or whatever that looks like for you. The average American watches TV for four hours a day. That's an insane amount of TV to watch. So I would encourage you to think about the subscriptions and things that you've got and ask how often am I using them and how would my life change if I got rid of them? And in most cases, it would not change very much. Another negative soundtrack that we want to get rid of is we want to get rid of the saving soundtrack. And that may sound counter to what I'm saying, but we want to be in an investing soundtrack. So many people are out there that are afraid of investing, and that is a negative soundtrack 
in your mind. But if you look at historical returns, if you have a longer time horizon, so if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you should absolutely be in the markets. Anything short is a negative soundtrack that's repeating in your head, being afraid of what's going to happen around you. Those are things that are common things to run in your head. And I can't tell you what soundtracks you're going to have, but you want to seek out experts around you and adopt their soundtrack. A good example of an investing soundtrack to adopt is going to be one by Warren Buffett, right? You want to look for people who have had success over the long term. And there's no one else who's been as successful as Warren Buffett has been. And Warren Buffett, despite not doing this himself, said that if he had to recommend anyone to do uh, on how to get started, that he would tell them to put their money in index funds. So follow that advice, adopt their soundtrack, because by adopting their soundtrack, you don't have to trust you, right? That's part of the issue with the negative soundtrack is you're not trusting uh, yourself. You're creating this negative mentality and back and forth. So by adopting someone else's soundtrack, you're allowing yourself when those negative things come up to say, this isn't me, this is Warren Buffett. This is his advice. You're talking down or you're talking negative to Warren Buffett. So it allows you to, to, to not succumb to that temptation to adopt that negative soundtrack. And we can go back to uh, the three questions. Is that soundtrack true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Well, if it is counter to what Warren Buffett says, it's not going to be true. If it's telling you to take your money out of the stock market and save it when uh, inflation is 5% and you're going to get half a percent in your savings account, that's not helpful. And I don't know what to say about kind, but we, we got two no's already. So we can call that out as a negative soundtrack. The second takeaway that I want to focus on here is we want to be our own juries. We want to seek out evidence to the contrary of your internal soundtrack. I talked about this in the last episode a little bit with Think Again as we want to rethink our positions is we want to challenge ourselves. We want to question those beliefs of are they truly true. So we want to seek out things that are counter to what we're believing and try and validate that. So if we've identified that it's a negative soundtrack, then we can know that we want to seek out evidence to the contrary to help us reverse that soundtrack to be something that is more helpful. We want to reverse our mindset from a mindset of reacting to a mindset of responding. Reacting is doing something without thinking. Responding is pausing to think and then acting after we've had that pause. And so we want to respond, not react. If you have a soundtrack going on that you are not good enough, seek out advice to the opposite of that. Listening to this podcast, seeking out other sources is a great way to do that. Too many people beat themselves up and build money up to be a crazy, complicated, and hard thing. But the truth is, the hardest thing about money is going to be fixing 
your money mindsets. That's why I have worked so hard in this podcast to talk about mindset stuff. And that's why I wanted to approach it from a little bit different direction than you typically see when we talk about money is because to improve with our money, we have to first address our mindsets. And once we've addressed the mindsets, we can then start to address the money essentials. When we have a negative soundtrack, we, we can be our own jury by writing down that soundtrack and what that soundtrack is telling us. We can then write down all the evidence that supports that soundtrack. And then on the other side, write down all the evidence that counters that soundtrack. If it's a negative or untruthful soundtrack, you're going to have a lot more evidence in favor of the positive side of that soundtrack over the negative side. And so we want to build the evidence up to prove to ourselves that that soundtrack is not one that is going to beat us. So if we think we aren't good enough with money, we're going to seek out soundtracks that simplify money and show success stories of people who uh, you think, and this may be a bad way to say it, but you think you're better than. A good example of this would be uh, there have been story after story of people who have been in low paying jobs and have been able to save and invest in a way that when they passed away, their family got huge inheritances. There's one specific story of a guy who was a, uh, I think it was a grocery sacker. He worked at a grocery store, just working the minimum wage his whole life. And he had over a million dollars when he passed away. Stories like that can be invigorating because it can show you that no matter what your education level, no matter what your income, if you apply the right principles, you can be successful with money. And we need to be convinced of that because if we're not convinced of that, we're always going to be our own worst enemy when it comes to money. The other thing that we can do is we can share our negative soundtrack with others around us. By sharing it with others, we can get their opinion. We can also share the counter evidence that we've pulled and get their opinion on that. Now, we want to be careful with this because we don't want to go to people who we know are having the same negative thoughts and soundtracks that we do. So you would want to approach people that you respected or had knowledge on these issues because they could call out those negative mindsets and they could help support the positive evidence that could get you to change your own personal soundtrack. So I hope that this book was helpful for you. I enjoyed this book. There are a few things in here that, that uh, are tools that you can pull away and learn from. And I think that when it comes to our money, it's so often the messages that we repeat to ourselves that sabotage us. It's not the actual money itself that sabotages us. So I would encourage you to ask those three questions. Is the soundtrack true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? And if you can't answer yes to all three, it's a negative soundtrack that you need to replace. You can also pair this with some habit exercises, right? Because you want to, to take something that's existing. You want to 
to put the little positive nugget in there and help try and reroute your brain and reroute your thinking. It can be super, super hard. Memory verses are so, so great in helping replace these soundtracks. And if you have accountability on that and you make it a consistent habit that you're doing every single day, over time, you can almost rewire your brain to where when these negative things come up, that verse is the first thing that pops to your head. The same can be said for an affirmation uh, if you're in a you know non-Christian tradition. But I would encourage you to think on this, of think what negative soundtracks do I have today that I need to work on replacing? And then slowly chip away at that. It's not easy work. It's not going to be something that's going to change overnight. But this acknowledgement is that first step. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Delve Into Money. I'd love if you could share this uh, with someone that you know that needs to hear this message because it's super, super important. It is the first step to changing your money and changing your money relationship. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, I would love to have you subscribe. Go to delveintomoney.com and let's connect right there. Until next week, remember healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional decisions this week lead to a healthy financial future. Start today and we'll see you next week.